Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Give it to me! Hello there, I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Tom Merritt. And welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by all of you, where we scientifically analyze the hottest trends, create magical award-winning infographics, really dig into the etymology of the hottest uh, internet lingo you can think of. By... Is this, this called setting expectations by overpromising? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Right. I'm just trying to, to let you guys know the trend spotting is real it happens in our basements. Mm. You can trust us. Well, with me, it's a crawl space, but still. <laughs> <laughs> but still, you see what we're going for here. Yeah. We are paying attention. Our fingers are on the pulse. I had the hardest time coming up with things this week. Yeah. I was literally walking around my backyard not an hour ago going, I guess it's going to be birthday cake as a flavor because I can't think of anything else. <laughs> Because that's Some been weeks. on our, my bullpen list for like the entire run since January when we started doing these again. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna need to go to a conference or something. No, no, no. I mean, one of mine was a real obvious one, and the other one was one that had been sort of starting to form as an embryonic thing inside my brain, and then as usual, the Atlantic magazine, which lives inside ah. my brain, little known fact, nailed it, and I was like, "Yep, yep, I knew it." Uh, the first of my things came from a search. Which I feel like is cheating. Like it should just be observational, right? But I was like, maybe this will prod something. And it did. Uh-huh. And it reminded me of a thing that I had noticed that I hadn't written down. So that is my first thing. And the other one I just found by looking around the house and going, oh, right, that. Yes. And I think I have a general <laughs> principle to generalize from that. And now you know. Now you know, guys. This is a scientific process that I was talking about. This is a very scientific process. It's I a, mean, it, it's as sci- there's scientific and then there's very scientific. It's like science. Ask any scientist. Go out on your street, yell, scientists, come here. They'll tell you that's a thing. Come here. <laughs> it's science adjacent. <laughs> yes. Science-ish. Uh-huh. All right. Well, then I want to know. I want you to start with the one that you searched. First, I want you to yes. tell me what you searched. <laughs> uh, well, Things I was thinking that are birth- cool right now, dot com. I was thinking of birthday cake as a flavor, and <laughs> I'm like... Well, maybe there's a new flavor. So I uh-huh. searched flavors, and it brought up several stories of this week of Dairy Queen serving mini Blizzard flights during May. What? Which reminded me that, and I hope I don't get in trouble if I can navigate this, uh, someone very close to me was dealing with a possible sponsorship for a thing they worked on. <laughs> Uh, which was very similar, if not identical, to the idea of Dairy Queen serving mini blizzard flights. So I'd heard about this earlier. Uh, would be the easy way to keep myself out of trouble. Yeah, and I well, was like, oh, uh, that's so weird. Dairy Queen doing flights. This is maybe not democratization. Maybe it's the mainstreaming of the tasting menu, right? The tasting menu is, I want to put myself in the chef's hands. I, I just, you know, I, it's a subgenre of too much choice, but mm-hmm. it's like, just, just you tell me what's good. Uh, it feels like Dairy Queen 
is bringing that to the masses. I mean, you still get to choose from their flavors, but they're saying you don't have to choose just one. Have a flight. Mm-hmm. You know, don't 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 worry about your choice paralysis. Uh, you can pick three. It's great, dude. What? Huh? That's so interesting because I have been to a bunch of places recently that had flights that were alcohol flights. But oh, I yeah. think you're totally. And I have in the past couple of months been to two uh, omakase dinners, which mm-hmm. are you know like the long sushi dinner that's all right. like seasonal. Do you um, have any allergies? So the, the chef needs to know about. Yeah, it? and then yeah. they're just like, here's all the things. And mm-hmm. another friend of mine went to an omakase dinner, so it's possible that that's a sub thing. But I think you're totally right. I think like the. Uh, Taking the choice away thing. And also the fancification. Doesn't it feel like there's a fancification element of Dairy Queen Queen offering flights? Well, sure. Yeah. And I I think that's kind of an eternal thing of, you know, medium level uh, outlets providing something that sounds fancier than you think of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like flame broiled burgers at one time, mm-hmm. I probably sound really fa- oh, flame. Oh, flame broiled, just like wow. in a restaurant. You know, these days we're like, oh, that's the marketing term of Burger King, of course. But I think that's that's a continuous thing. So they're always pulling. <laughs> I don't want to say pulling down because that sounds so snooty. They're pulling down <laughs> all fancy terms, but they're, they're borrowing these fancy terms to 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 kind of make it appealing to people. Like, oh, Dairy Queen has flights, right? It's still caramel cannonball, Oreo cookie jar, brownie dough, s'mores, cotton candy, and summerberry cheesecake. Don't get me wrong. I want to have all of these. By the way, the Oreo as a flavor is kind of a sub thing, isn't it? Yeah. Oreo is kind of everywhere. And a sub sub thing is this kind of a time limited food thing. Mm -hmm, Because it's just the month of May, right? Yeah. It's just the month of May. And that's been, I mean, that obviously like FOMO as marketing. God, I mean, we the McRib, pa- right? We just packed like 19 things the into this one thing. of all things. I love Dairy Queen. I love a blizzard. Remember when the advertising was that you could turn it upside down and it wouldn't fall out of the cup? I still do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I still turn it upside down every time. I think I I'm showing my age. Uh, when blizzards were something I could get after Little League games, because Dairy Queen was where we went after a Little League game. Mm. Uh when I was when I was in Little Little League, you only got to go when you won, and then sort of the uh, like everybody wins started to permeate, and we got to be taken to Dairy Queen even <laughs> if we lost. But, um, but yeah, uh, bl- I remember when blizzards were available after the Little League games. That was huge, right? Yeah, I was like, yeah, wait a minute, I can get that huge thing full of ice cream. Yeah, yes, please. Yeah. Although and- sometimes I ordered slushies, not slushies. What were they? Because slushies Seven Eleven. What's the What's the Dairy Queen version of that? They had that a long time ago. Isn't I think anyway. Slurpee is a Seven Eleven, so maybe Slurpee. Oh, is maybe Slurpee was Dairy Queen and mm-hmm. Slurpee Seven Eleven. Okay. I think so. Um, well, I think that the turning upside down of the blizzard and having it not fall out of the cup defies the laws of physics. Mm, which who cares about physics these days? Though? Leads nicely into my next thing, mm-hmm. which is weirdly the democratization of physics. Aha! Ah. It's amazing. all coming together. It's all the coming mainstreaming together. of it all. Mainstreaming of it all. No, seriously. Okay. And this could be, I am going to acknowledge that this could be my bubble. Mm-hmm. And it could be the things that I'm seeing like pop up on Twitter. But but also, and the fact that I just read the three body problem and I'm obsessed with all of it. However. Yeah. Like, it's a little bit of that, whatever that principle is called when you learn a new word. Possibly. Possibly. Okay. Yeah. Give us more. Streisand effect. Well, maybe not. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but like a lot of people 
it, it was a very mainstream story when, for example, the first pictures of the black hole popped up. And I've seen, which was, uh, what, earlier this month, the 10th. Remember when they first got the, yeah, the astronomers April, first got the picture? April, April 10th, 10th, 2019. First photo ever of a black hole. And I felt like I just really saw that everywhere. And then there was there were a couple of New York Times stories recently about what's going on with the universe. There was like this really long magazine piece about dark forces in the cosmos mm-hmm. and what was happening with dark energy. And then lately there have been some stories about how the universe might be younger than we think it is mm-hmm. and it's expanding faster than we think it is. And so the there's all that. The universe is very offended that we thought it was so old. I, I know exactly. The universe was like, excuse me, I look great. I put on sunscreen. Um, <laughs> crawl back to the bonus content. <laughs> Got to be a patron to get that one. And then like quantum avengers and sure i think I you can leave it there i can say about that you know man involves the quantum realm uh-huh. too uh-huh so sure and i just have this feeling and then it is it this is the part that's my bubble but it's been combined you know i've been doing more reporting lately on quantum computing and was just thinking to myself like man the baseline of knowledge that people are going to have to have, especially as we like do explore space and do explore mm-hmm. the cosmos and start mm-hmm. doing more space travel and build quantum computers. Like physics is necessarily going to get a lot more mainstream because the baseline of knowledge that people are going to have to have to literally understand modern day computing within the next five to 10 years is going to be way higher than the baseline of physics that I ever had, which just to be clear, I learned recently from Three Body Problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that is also itself a sort of eternal thing that our our level of knowledge needed to understand basic discourse continues to rise mm-hmm. because i remember i took algebra one in eighth grade and my dad was stunned he's like i took algebra one in college <laughs> like, yep. he's like that was not even a thing in high school uh and and it was just an example to him of like wow you just get introduced to more complex topics at an earlier age as time goes on for multiple reasons, I think partly is we get better at teaching them, but also it just be- becomes necessary to understand the world around you. Mm-hmm. It definitely does, and there are things that we. In fact, there was. An, I w- I'm, I'll try to find this article, and we can put it on the website after the after the episode. But there was a, a piece I read about how even like entertainment has gotten so much more complex. It assumes a level of knowledge mm-hmm. that. That early entertainment did not. Like, if you watch early movies and you listen to early radio shows, they're just super simplistic, right? It's like, oh, yeah. there's no double entendre. <laughs> there's one entendre over and over <laughs> and over. Double entendre was an innovation when it came along, I guess. Right. Like, there's yeah. no subtlety. You could there's have no two entendres? Layers. Right. There's no layers upon layers upon layers. There's just sort of, there's no like one subtle eyebrow in Game of Thrones that actually leads to an entire discussion of lineage. And, you know, like it it was just simpler. And we are adding complexity to the world that we live in. And so I actually think, yes, like that's part of why physics is going to become more mainstream. But I just feel like there's this, and maybe it's sort of starting to feed on itself a little bit like there's discussion of quantum computing and that makes all these other topics suddenly moves the overton window for talking about nerdy physics stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there's more interest in space because of like tesla and or spacex and i don't know but i just i just feel like it's more commonly discussed like i cannot remember a time when i was growing up that there would have been a whole bunch no. of new york times articles about the weather yeah, yeah. the universe is expanding no, I remember like scrounging for physics stuff in the 90s. 
Like I was, I was, a, I was big into wanting to know about physics, and I would. I worked at a used bookstore, so I was lucky enough to be able to borrow uh, legally. Uh, it was, it was okay. It was allowed. I would borrow books about physics, and there were a few books meant for the popular crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, amongst them were surely you're joking, Mister Feynman, which was more of a memoir than about actual physics. And then re- Stephen Hawking came along with a brief history of time, mm-hmm. and that was miraculous right like wow he's explaining physics to you know the average person and then michio kaku came along and these days you go and you look at a bookstore and there's a couple shelves worth of that kind of thing right Mm -hmm. it's 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 perfectly common to have subtopics in physics explained Mm -hmm. uh even even below just quantum quantum physics it's great it's great i love it and maybe it's you know maybe it does sort of go along with the kind of scientific breakthroughs that that have been a part of our lifetime, like particle accelerators. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it just really truly is the actual development of a new necessary human language because science, our, our basic science is moving finally into the direction hmm. of physics. And, and, you know, I mean, we just send a particle back through time. So like, you got to be able to report on that with some knowledge of, I don't know. Anyway, I just feel yeah. like I, I notice it. And it's I in the wonder, movies. Yeah. Is, is this just feeling this way because of our point in time? The, in other words, if you're an actual physicist working in the field, do you look at all this popular stuff and go, oh, yeah, old news, man. <laughs> like, oh, we knew probably. about particles going back in time with the Feynman diagrams in the 60s. Come on. Quantum quantum physics is, goes back to the early 20th century. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't the new stuff. You want some 11th dimensional M theory? Uh, you know, talk to me. We got that for you. We got that. I don't see that in the New York Times. Well, but this uh, is, that's the mainstream part. Like, it's actually just, it's going mainstream. But is it is it that physics is going mainstream, or is it that the the this particular level of physics is going mainstream? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. was, was it you know gravity was pretty mainstream? That's physics, but we sort of discount right. that because that seems obvious now. Is that? I guess that's what I'm trying to get to. Is 30 years from now, where people go like, well, yeah, quantum physics, that's obvious. But, you know, uh, is it just the the wheel of of physics knowledge moving new things into the mainstream? Yeah, that's what I think it is. Yeah, all right. Mm-hmm. Which is fair enough, man. That's yep. cool. And we're at that we're at that point in the wheel where it's and it's where it's considered interesting enough to like put it on the front page. I love seeing dark energy put it in uh, become popular. I mean, seriously, <laughs> like it's just also just from the sort of nerdgasm perspective, like it's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I have had a theory for years that dark energy and dark matter are ether. There used to be the theory that ether is yeah. what light moved through. And then Einstein came along and said, ah, you're not wrong. There needed to be a way to explain how light moved through space, but I've got it and you don't need ether. Mm-hmm. I think somebody's going to come along and be like, yes, you needed to explain all of this weird gravitational effects that you explained with dark matter, but I've got it. It's this. And I can't wait for that day where somebody's like, what dark matter is, is X. That would be amazing. Also, speaking of dark matter, my creepy dark child just creeped up behind me unexpectedly and scared the bejesus out of me, and his face happens to be painted green. I bought a dart gun, I uh, made out with Shrek, and I also bought a um, bat. Oh, God. Leave that dark in. gun, not a dart <laughs> gun? A dark gun. Oh, dark energy gun? Uh, um, hey, we drove him away with our puns. Oh, good. That's yep. what old people are for. That's what old people are for. Uh, they're also about talking about bargains. 
Saving money. <laughs> that was amazing. That was amazing. Bravo. Uh, and and my other thing is the one I looked around my room today and was like, oh, wait, that's a thing. And I am real confident about this one. Uh, inkjet printers are on their way out, folks. <laughs> Too expensive to maintain because you got to keep buying those cartridges and then you get ink on your hands when you put them in. And the only thing they can do that a laser printer doesn't do as well or as cheaply is print photos. And you know what no one does with their inkjet printer? Print photos. Mm-hmm. How many times have you printed a photo with your inkjet printer? I can tell you no. how many times I did. Four for my wedding in 2003. <laughs> and I very oh, easily amazing. could have gone to the drugstore to do it instead. So here's the thing. Uh, inkjet printers, goodbye, because laser printers are getting cheap. They're getting sub $100, sometimes even 50 bucks. Yep. And you then you don't have to ever change the ink. They just sit there in warm mode. They don't use a lot of power. And when you're ready to print, they print. They're mm-hmm. all wireless, so it's super easy. Uh, I, I think I think inkjet printers are going to be the eight-track player of printing. Soon. Hallelujah. Really. Yeah, right? I mean, it's not like laser printers don't still have a sort of consumer abuse component in the toner cartridges that cost a ton of money. And, you know, there's still the sort of like economic model of pain, but nowhere near the level of pain that inkjet printers inkjet printers cause us. And it is no wonder. It's kind of like, you know what? I was thinking about this with cord cutting the other day, actually, because I was thinking of this old argument that I had about cord cutting. And I was like, I'm pretty sure I won this argument. But the counter argument was always like, well, when you get a la carte, it's going to cost just as much or more as cable. But I was like, yeah. And now I'm realizing, yeah, that's totally true. But it doesn't matter because I've escaped the abuse. I am no longer at the mercy of the worst companies on You're earth. You're in control. It's not yep. just about the amount. And it's that, about you having control, not over, not only over the amount you pay, because you can decide to cancel stuff, yeah. but also the uh, the length of time you pay. Yep. You're not so, oh, I can't cancel because I'm in a 12-month contract. And the channels that you get and all of that. And I think that ancient printers are actually in that same category, where it's just like, this is a thing that everyone hated. And so as the mm-hmm. second, the nanosecond, the quantum particular second that there was a better alternative, people embraced it in such droves that it got cheap and widely accessible and it was just like peace out inkjet and i i do think inkjet may stick around for a while for particular uses as sort of a, a hobbyist thing perhaps mm-hmm. uh but i honestly what? think it'll be killed by either 3d printing or color laser digital there what? there are some the color laser laser digital photo printers are still more expensive they're coming down but they're still more expensive but they're going to get there and then with that, it'll be like, well, you can just do a 3D printer for certain things and everything else you can do on a laser printer. Why would you ever buy an inkjet printer? Yeah. Hmm. Fascinating. And I think you're totally right. I'm with you on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Atlantic is with me on my thing, which is ladies wearing backpacks. Oh, so and I noticed in this story that men wearing backpacks is declining, which I found quite odd. Really? Are they going back to, oh, yeah. I don't like know. Their, that's I don't what know. it said. I feel like this is just a trend that's, you know, started with men like saying, you know what? It's just easier because I see people, I see men wearing backpacks on the planes all the time, like Absolutely. men in suits. Yep. And I'm like, that's weird. Okay. Uh, and I was like, when I first saw your story here, I was like, oh, so I guess ladies are in on it too. But then this story said that backpack sales to men are declining. 
Oh, interesting. Well, I think the reason, and I don't know what that is, like maybe men are, maybe men have actually decided, oh, we want to look more professional. um, And so we're going to carry our briefcases and our whatever, whatever. But women are like, you know what? This is causing me significant physical pain to carry this 30 pound bag on one shoulder. Like, it's terrible. I mean, I have all of this neck pain that I've had for years, and I know that it comes from purses. And so what I have noticed, and I've actually had this conversation with many women, is that a lot of us have started to look for nice backpacks, like good looking Mm -hmm. ones, business Mm -hmm. ones. So my boss bought one from Toomey, the super fancy luggage outfit, uh, because these companies have now finally started designing nice attractive, professional backpacks that you don't feel like such a chump wearing on an airplane and then you're not, you know, having to go to the chiropractor constantly from your one shoulder misery. Mm -hmm. And then it just so happens to coincide with with peak 90s nostalgia because the little tiny backpacks are also back. Right, right, right. Which I think we've even talked about. We have. have, So it's a convergence. Mm -hmm. Yep. Sales of women's backpacks are up 28% in the past year and women's handbags have dropped. Ah, you know, the men, the men's backpack sales slowing down could just be uh flattening of the market, right? The men all went in to buy backpacks they when they finally them. realized that was a more practical solution. And now they have them. We might see the women's backpack movement flatten out at some point in the future as well. But right now it's the, this is the big sea change is, is women starting to wear nice looking, ba- and these are nice looking backpacks. They show they're them beautiful. The too. Yeah. They're yeah. super nice. And everything fits in them without you actually injuring yourself i mean i will say i'm still not all the way there like i have a pretty nice backpack and it's pretty professional but i I definitely like if i'm going to a what i consider to be a big time event i still suffer through the purse i can't do a backpack i mean i did it in college and i did it even you know what even in austin i i I had a a side bag Hmm. uh shoulder bag not a backpack i just i just never like backpack Well, it's funny. I think the the corollary to this too is just like, hey, maybe we carry too much stuff. And I was actually thinking of this because I was I was on a run the other day and I saw a guy walking. I'm pretty sure walking to the bus stop, mm-hmm. and he just had like a paper bag, like it looked like it had lunch in it or something, and mm-hmm. that was it. And, and I you was were like, so jealous. <laughs> what is the deal with that guy? Like, I had a million questions. I was like, why doesn't he have a laptop? Where's his stuff? Where's all this crap? And then of course I went down the rabbit hole of like. How women have to carry all this stuff, and but we can't have mm. pockets because it makes us look fat, and so mm-hmm. we have to have these purses that break our necks, and then I and I, it like caused me to start thinking about this whole backpack thing. But also, it's just like the expectation that we'll work all the time, so we have to take a laptop with us, and this and that and the other thing. And I was like, whoa, what if I just carried like a tiny little? I mean, I don't go to work, right? I work in the basement, but I thought, when is the last time that I could have commuted to work with just like my wallet and my keys, yeah, and my phone? Yeah, I don't think I ever have done that. I've mm-hmm. always taken a bag for some reason, you know, whether it was a book or lunch or something, right? When I, yeah. when I, when, again, when I'm not working in my house. <laughs> but yeah, I, the other day I dropped off my car to be, uh, to look, you know, for service and I walked home. And when I was walking home, I felt conspicuous because I didn't have a bag. Yeah. I was the only person out on the street walking who didn't have like at least a shoulder bag or a backpack or something like that. I stuck out. Totally. That, I mean, that guy, like I just, I I couldn't, I was like, where is he going? What is his deal? Is he lost? Did he lock himself out of his house? Like I could not stop thinking about this dude with, who is carrying no stuff in his business clothes. 
Like w- that is a weird that is a weird statement on society that it's that unusual to see like a person in business attire not carrying any stuff. I mean, I guess if you if all the places you buy things, coffee shop, whatever, take your phone payment and you've got your email and you're comfortable typing whatever you need to type on your phone. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. For some people, wouldn't well, work for me. And a wallet. I can't publish a podcast from still, my phone. Right, like you, you know, if you're a dude and you're lucky enough, to oh have yeah, you, pockets, and even if you, you can... don't, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming phone payment, but you're right. You could still have a wallet. You don't, yeah, you, yeah. 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 I don't know. It's fascinating. Also, uh, Rich, our producer said in the chat that uh, apparently baby girl pants also have no pockets, but the boys' pants do. That's just wrong. The struggle is real. Why would you do real. that? Rich says, nothing, carrying nothing is the new status symbol. I mean, it totally could be. It's like, oh, I'm not such a slave to the office that I have to take my laptop home every night and work at home. Like, it could say, I have work-life balance. I, I did a whole thing for my uh, editor's desk special that I do for the Daily Tech News Show patrons on this New York Times book review for a book that was the, the art of doing nothing, the importance of doing nothing, mm-hmm. right? Finding time in your day to not do anything with any purpose, it's not even necessarily like meditating, although that would be fine. Yeah. She was just arguing like you need just time to there. just drift, mm-hmm. you yep. know, just let your mind wander. And you, she's like, it could be about disconnecting and getting with nature. It could also be about just like surfing the web, but not getting sucked into social networks if you can do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So doing nothing is important. Carrying nothing is important. It's true. Nothing is a thing. Nothing is a thing. Well, lightness, the unbearable lightness <laughs> of being. We just became a, a, a some kind of Zen koan. We really did, yeah. Nothing is a thing. Well, no, I've been. I'm, I'm about like my small keys. I'm. I'm like. I, I like this. It's that minimalism trend. I like We've the idea that. that the minimalism trend could extend to carrying, and that mm-hmm. instead of spending two hundred fifty dollars, maximalism in your house, minimalism yeah. on your person. Yeah. Like I'm not going to buy a fancy backpack. I'm just not going to bring all that crap. Actually, you know what I do because my neck's been hurting. I put the um, I put my laptop in my carry on in my suitcase. Like I'm like I'm not carrying that thing. Oh, you don't? Yeah, yeah. So so in the like your rolly bag in my right? rolly bag. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then I put it up above. I mean, and I'll, well, I can get it out if I need to work or whatever. But I thought, wait, why am is, I? This is definitely a humble brag, but I just have one bag for all of it, mm, and it goes because... under the seat in front of me. Oh, it's like what? Wait, what? Really? Yeah. There's a Samsung underseat bag that is if it is max it is fit to maximally go under almost every underseat. And I've run into one underseat that I couldn't put it under and that's cuz there was some box under there. Right? It was it was a weird underseat. Oh, I hate but those, it, yeah. It will fit in in almost every seat underseat in front of you, but it's maximalized so you can pa- I, like if I'm going for a 3-day weekend, I could put my my laptop, my clothes, everything in that one bag. Whoa. Mhm. I'm Googling this. This is crazy. Is this a thing? Under seat Samsonite. Bags? It's a Samsonite. Under seat luggage. Like, I've never mm-hmm. even heard of this. Yeah. It's a uh, flight and attendants it's do it a lot, too. Yeah. Samsonite spinner underseater. Bingo. That's the one. Oh, my gravy. How many pairs of shoes can you get in that thing? <sighs> I never put shoes in it. See, I don't like, that's where, the yeah, problem. See, that's, that's going to be a problem. But, but I have space. I bet I could get one pair in. Because, yeah, it's either going to be like the other pair of fancy shoes or gym shoes. Mm-hmm. The problem is when you want to take both. I you know loved- what? Actually, I, I take that back. Uh, I took this not as my only bag, but to Australia, I put like 
the clothes I would definitely need to have if I lost my luggage in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I had a pair of shoes. I had a pair of running shoes in there. Wow. I'm going to have to like, uh, I'm going to have to look into this. I'm going to, I'm going to have to put this on, uh, like and a wish even, list kind of thing. I've even done that with my laptop bag and put the laptop bag in the overhead and this under the seat. Oh, you're one of those. I've done that. Put your small oh. bag in the overhead. But then you have more room for your big bag in the overhead because my small bag's up there. That's true. That's fair. This is amazing. Tom, this is life-changing. I had no idea. Yeah. Potentially life-changing. I need to, I'm need. i going to go to like find a luggage store, which I think is not a thing anymore. <laughs> 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 but I want to like see if I can. I'm going to take some shoes down there. Yeah, the shoes thing I'm not sure about. I know, I can put, brief... I, I know I've put one pair in, though. I don't know if Westons still do it, but some Westons will bring you workout gear. Oh, which I thought nice. was such a genius thing. And I really was hoping that that would take off. And it, that's I huge. Yeah. And it didn't. Cause yeah, it was just mm-hmm. like, that's the stuff that I always feel guilty. And I'm like, I should totally pack this. And mm-hmm. I actually sucked it up and packed it when I went to Boston. And I ended up, you know, doing this four and a half mile run around the, uh, along the Charles River, which was amazing. So I was like, see, bring your workout gear. Hmm. Oh, apparently Walnut Creek has luggage stores. I'm in. Oh, very nice. There's one around the corner from me, but it's definitely I bought luggage in Piedmont once, but I don't know if the store is still there. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? I I wouldn't be allowed. I'm too scruffy. Probably carrying my Motorola Razor when I went to buy it. Too scruffy for Piedmont. (laughs) All right. Shall we feed back? Yes, let's do. Uh, Starting with, hey, Tom and Molly, it's Paul from Toronto. A la mode from the old BOL and Gadgets days. Oh, my goodness. That is Uh, amazing. He says, as a single dad of twin 15-year-old girls, nails are a thing. During our recent (laughs) trip to Miami for a spring break cruise, the girls bought Vans shoes that matched their nails. Also, normally, girls get their nails done before a party. But now, my girls have been invited to get their nails done as the party. The friend's mom wouldn't let her get her nails done professionally until she turned 16, so she's having friends get together at the local nail salon for her 16th birthday party. Oh, my goodness. Okay, that's amazing. And thank you for the validation. And I hope you all saw on Twitter, uh, Hollyhock posted photos of her 98-year-old grandmother's like amazing nail art. Dice. Nail culture is for us all. Amazing. Uh, Paul, Paul also added that uh, Foodies is expanding to places like uh, Disney World in mm-hmm. Florida. And says there are now lines at certain walls in Orlando for the social media crowd where you have to get your photo, like the purple wall and the bubblegum wall that have 30-minute wait times for photos. Oh, come (laughs) on. But yeah, he says there's DisneyFoodBlog.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Okay, that's real. Eric Schwartz uh, uses the (laughs) – used the It's a Thing predictive keyboard and reports back that our new episode summary is – Tom discovers a stick that is becoming a new cooking revelation. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't that sound impossible to be an actual kind of be an episode. Yeah, good one. Uh, uh, amazing, you're getting so smart. Uh, Maya in New York City said, "So glad you're doing what you do. Thank you, Maya. I got really excited by the discussion of clear things on this week's episode because walking around New York City this weekend, I saw window displays of both clear raincoats and clear shoes, and of mm-hmm. course, clear umbrellas, backpacks, and purses have been a thing for a bit." Within days, I also saw a clear raincoat on a dog, clear heels on a person in Chelsea, and I know there aren't clear electronics, but I still hope this helps make clear things a thing. 
Oh, Maya, you are so on. And it's funny because Icor in the Discord, if you are a patron, you can connect your uh, Patreon account to the Discord and join us in live chat. Um, and there is a list of things in the Discord. And Icor wonders if clear bags are already passe as a thing. But I don't think so. And in fact, I think mm. probably the need for clear bags, which, of course, was driven by security at stadiums and sporting events, may have led to this whole other trend of of cool clear things yeah Yeah, i think you're right about that there's a or at least as part of it i have to say i bought like a really great clear raincoat in new orleans the last time Mm. i was there and i love it we had a lovely los angeles chargers clear bag because eileen didn't know you had to have a clear bag when we went to a chargers game once yeah (laughs) (laughs) i went to actually on that exact same trip in new orleans last year i went to a the the warriors were playing the pelicans in the playoffs Mm -hmm. and you could get really good tickets to that game for basically what it would cost to get one crappy ticket to the warriors game in oakland so i went obviously Mm-hmm. But I I had, like, come from Jazz Fest or a conference or something, and I had this big, huge purse. And they were just like, you can't bring that huge purse in there. And it was just like a Target purse. And so I took all the things out, and I shoved them in my, in my friend's pockets and put the purse in the garbage because I didn't have a clear bag. Aww. No. Yeah. I know. It was sad and wasteful. It cost $19. Hopefully, hopefully someone picked it up. I'm sure someone picked it out of that bag or that trash and was like, yay, purse. So I donated it. Yeah, is what yeah, actually happened. In a way, <laughs> I was very determined to go to that in playoff a game. Of speak. Well, you should have been. Sad, uh, sad ending. The Warriors lost badly. Lynn emails us and says, "Hey, Molly and Tom, I vote you bring on Molly's son. Oh, perhaps you heard him insert himself mm-hmm. into the Your podcast just moments ago. Achieved. And friends and whoever in that age group. Sometimes something my old boss always said is, if we want to know what's coming, look to the elementary and middle schoolers. Mm. That is true because looking at high school is probably too late." And will be behind, speaking in context of college and just out of college and aged folks. Also, she writes, is oat milk a thing? Been seeing it and actively looking because of lactose issues. And uh, the local run-of-the-mill grocery, Giant and Safeway, seems to have recently exploded with oat milk options. Not only seemingly from startups, but as obvious as Quaker. <laughs> and then writes, is pea milk next? We just did a story on Marketplace about pea proteins. Oh, yeah. Pea milk. Pea milk is definitely a thing. It is? Oh, yeah. No, no Sarah Lane has talked about it on Good Day Internet several Seriously? times. Mm-hmm. Wow. Also, I've never heard of oat milk. Yeah. I Funnily, I know about pea milk. I really don't know anything about oat milk. There's really pea milk? Oh, yeah. Also, I just kind of can't stop saying pea milk. Pea milk. Pea milk. All right. I'm looking up oat milk, and I'm hitting the news tab. And, oh, yeah. Is oat milk healthier than other plant-based milks? Dietitians weigh in on MSN News. Dairy versus non-dairy. What's best for you? Wow. Four great I feel like new... I just missed the oat milk train and, and I'm already on the pea milk train. I'm not drinking either one of them. I just mean in knowing about them. Okay. So uh, Forbes reports that there's good hemp barista seed milk. So hemp milk. <laughs> Apparently. This Amor, is fascinating. Berkeley How did we miss this? has never been written. This is a huge thing, apparently. I thought we talked about pea milk before, but maybe I, I'm just no, man. remembering. I have never hmm. said the words pea milk until today. It's pretty hilarious. And the more I say it, the worse it gets. Lynn, this is amazing. I have learned so much from your email. This is freaking awesome. I got to check out some oat milk now. Can oat you milk. make oatmeal with your oat milk oh, for come double on oat now. protection? I knew you were going to go there. Actually, 
Will it double protect your heart? BGMNCWJ wonders in the Patreon uh, or in the Discord, has the word milk lost all meaning? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we actually talked about this on Good Day Internet too. Milk is a verb that has been nouned and then reduced to mean oh, cow milk. Look at you. But mm-hmm. it means to basically squeeze right. the product out. Extract. So you can milk anything that you can get something from and we, and then we went down a rabbit hole of like Can what's the difference me? between milking and juicing something um but it's just a usage thing that's amazing this conversation mm-hmm. is amazing uh market research gazette says pea milk market is set for a potential growth worldwide excellent technology trends with business analysis this must have been written by a robot <laughs> That's what I got when I searched for pea milk. Just Please, now. dear everyone listening to our show right now, if you have ever consumed or even encountered pea milk in the wild... Uh, please email us immediately please. at feedback at it's a thing dot me. We will also accept photographs and this is uh, urgent. and audio recordings of your pea milk taste <laughs> test. For those of you who have suggested that I would have encountered pea milk if I had left the basement, you may be right. You may, you may be, be right. right. There's nothing. There's nothing to say you're not right. Wowzer. No. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Feedback at it's a thing dot me. All right, fine. I'm going to go find some. Oh, uh, we should do. Uh, oh, oh, here's how I can get my kid on the podcast. I'm going to subject him to an oat milk versus pea milk test taste test and record it. It's going to be hilarious. That sounds like like that's that's a uh, pay-per-view. That's radio gold <laughs> that's right there. That's radio right there. gold. Oh, the dog yeah. has thoughts on it, too. Everybody agrees. This is a great <laughs> idea. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to another really highbrow episode. Actually, that's not true. We had, I think we were all over the place in the smarts department here. Even though uh, we said the words pea milk a lot, we were saying P-E-A every time. And I think I'm that keeps saying. us yeah, perfectly safe. I mean, I laughed. I giggled. Sure. And why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> pea milk. <laughs> but this is serious business because climate change okay thanks for listening Mm. to it's a thing uh please become a member please consider supporting us directly because this is like we said high quality content if you choose to do so patreon.com slash it's a thing is where you can join your fellow 300 and some patrons thanks to all of you who support us you'll get access to cool stuff like our discord that we've mentioned a couple times in the show an ad free rss feed and uh some bonus content even patreon.com slash it's a thing and even if you aren't taking the It's a Thing Pea Milk Challenge, you can send us any thoughts or observations to feedback at it's a thing.me. <laughs> oh, we got Pea Milk Challenge. Okay, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.